out, air it out. Welcome to the Air It Out podcast. It is brought to you by Inside the Hashes. I am Kevin Crockett. I have Avery Collins. I have Christopher Thomas. You fellas smell that? Rookie minicamps starting this weekend. That smell of fresh cut grass already in the air. The NFL season is already upon us. Whether you believe it or not, it's just around the corner. Training camp preseason. Of course, that Thursday night kickoff between the Eagles and the Falcons in Philly. But to look forward, we got to take a look behind us a little bit. The draft in the books, free agency in the books, undrafted free agents in the books. Avery, I want to start with you. After all that's been said and done, there are a lot of teams that were looking at exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles did this year. They took a 7-9 and team, made that jump, got to the Super Bowl, and won it. Now that we're past all of the transactional offseason phases, which team is it for you in the whole NFL that you think can make that huge leap from outside to inside to maybe even Super Bowl champion? Um, that's an excellent question. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, for me, I'm going to say the team that can probably make the biggest jump this year, I, I think I got to go with the Broncos. The reason I'm going with the Broncos is because, and I, I don't... I don't think, you know, Case Keenum is the the quarterback of the future or anything like that. I don't think he's somebody that is just, you know, going to turn into some elite football player after one season. But I think he stabilizes the quarterback position, which is something that they just haven't had since Peyton Manning left. And they still have enough on defense to, if you think Peyton Manning was a shell of himself and they still got to the Super Bowl and won, um, and I think that Case Keenum, if he plays on that level that he played last year, I think in the division that they're in, um, and with the, like I said, with the defense that they have, and I know it's, this sounds crazy, but I just honestly feel this way. Von Miller is, to me, going to do what he did that season. He's going to be defensive player of the year. That's my, that's my prediction. And I think that he can carry that team, uh, you know, all the way to another Super Bowl run. Chris, what about you? You take a look at the NFL landscape as it is right now. We've got the Denver Broncos. What about you? What are you feeling? You know, Avery, great minds think alike. I was thinking about the AFC West team, but it wasn't the Broncos. To me, it's the San Diego Superchargers. I think at the end of the season, they were trending upwards after starting off at a real rocky start. Mostly, they lost about three games due to last-minute missed field goals, but Phillip Rivers is still an excellent Pro Bowl caliber quarterback who shows no signs of slowing down. I love Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Keenan Allen had a real bounce back year after the ACL injury. And it's kind of sad that they're moving away from Antonio Gates, but I think Hunter Henry is going to be the next star there. Bill Rivers loves his tight ends, and I think he's going to make a huge leap there. And more importantly, I like what they did in the draft. They got Melvin Ingram, Joey Bolso. Joey Bolso is one of my favorite defensive players. In all the football, former defense player of the year. I like Jason Barrett, and I like the addition of Derwin James from Florida State to help shore up that secondary. I think San Diego is could win, could possibly go 10 and 6 in a very wide open AFC West, and possibly if they play their cards right, could go to the AFC title game. I got to tell you, it's funny that you brought up. Uh... The L.A. Chargers, because I think that division, I mean, you look at that division two years ago when Alex Smith's still in Kansas City. Obviously, that's Denver coming off of their Super Bowl win against Carolina. Uh, the Chargers have always kind of been that weird team that you're like, okay, they could either be 13-3 and three or 3-13. and 13. you just never been that consistency 
out of the Chargers. And who saw the Raiders take the kind of fall that they did this past season? I think a lot of people thought, uh, you know, they were they were possibly the team to beat in the AFC uh, and obviously went through a kind of tumultuous season. But, Chris, I'm going to go with you on this one. I think the Chargers, first of all, I think Derwin James is a steal of the draft. I think he went with 17 overall. You kept looking yeah. at the board. You kept thinking, man, he could be a difference maker on this team. Man, he could be a difference maker on this team. Man, he could be a difference maker on this team. And you fall 17 to a team that was 9-7, and seven, to your point, that lost four games by three points or less. Went through multiple kickers last year. They just signed Caleb Sturgis to a two-year deal who, uh, prior to Jake Elliott, was a pretty consistent kicker for the Eagles. So uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and lean your way and think the Chargers might be that team to take that next step. In a division that's really wide open, whichever team can handle those divisional games really is going to set themselves up nicely uh, to get into the postseason, to probably get a bye, and even potentially, you know, take that leap to the Super Bowl. So we go from the draft, we go to free agency, we talk about all that stuff. There's still some names out there. Obviously, the sexiest one that still sits out there is this guy, Des Bryant. I think you guys have heard of him. Former Cowboys receiver, a little bit outspoken. I'm so not sure who he's that still. Is. He's still on the map. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you here. Des Bryant, there has to be something. I I, I, I don't know that he's the player that he was two seasons ago, th three seasons ago, but there is something there. Do you see a spot where Des might not be Pro Bowl Des, but could be impactful Des? I think from his camp, I think he needs to – cancel and admit the fact that he's probably not going to get on the NFC East team stick at the Dallas maybe once twice a year I think he needs to expand that in my opinion an interesting pick a lot of people may not think about it I've lost over it is probably the Tennessee Titans it's a it's an ideal landing spot you have Marcus Mariota there in my opinion he was really hurt last year and they really struggled to pass the ball I think Dez coming there he'd be able to get those 50-50 balls from Mariota will be able to help him out a lot Corey Davis, who was also slowly coming along last year, coming into the slot, I think he'll be with Des will open up the game for him, and also a good, also another good possession receiver in Rashard Matthews. I think with those three lined up, I think Tennessee will have a good enough offense to probably compete with Jacksonville for the AFC South. Henry, what are you feeling, man? Where's Des landed? Um, this is gonna be hard to say, and I hope I don't puke as I'm saying it. <laughs> Um, uh -oh. but honestly, I agree. He, he should get out of the NFC East, but could you imagine Des Bryant on the Patriots? Now I know that this hurts a lot of people, me included, cause I'm a diehard Falcons fan. So ouch. But if he wants to win right now, just remember what Tom Brady did with Randy Moss. Now I don't, think that Des Bryant is on the, the level of Randy Moss. I don't think anybody thinks that Des Bryant is on the level of Randy Moss, but I don't believe that Des Bryant is so much a shell of himself that he still can't do what he did in Dallas the year that he had 16 touchdowns, which is he can go up and get the ball. No, he's not a breakaway receiver. He never was. No, he's not the best route runner. He never was. But the thing that really helped him was the fact that he could jump up in the air and go get the ball. And then Tom Brady's offense, that is a skill that they don't have right now other than Gronk. And you put somebody on the outside, you know, they, they've lost Brandon Cooks. You put somebody on the outside who commands, you know, you to put one of your best on him. And then could you imagine him and the discipline he would receive under a coach like Bill Belichick? We wouldn't see 
all the extra antics and all the and so it, it would it will humble him as a player and possibly get him back to that form because he would understand I can't do what I did in Dallas. He doesn't have the free reign that he has that he had in Dallas. He can kind of in a sense be be like I said tamed, humbled and molded into what I think could potentially be, you know, a, a great uh, receiver and, and get back and say maybe, you know, looked at as one of the top five receivers in the league. So um, I think New England, the issue is just I, I just know that he wants to get paid. So I don't think New England is willing to do that, especially because, you know, the last two years he has declined. He does uh, present some difficulties as far as distractions. But if he's willing to take a pay cut and willing to uh, – essentially mold himself into that system and ingrain himself into that system, I think that is a perfect fit for him. I like both of those. I think there's an interesting team out there in a division that Jacksonville right now has shown that they own. But I look at the Indianapolis Colts, and one, mm. who is Andrew Luck right now? Who, who 16 months since he's played an NFL game. You look at what Frank Reich did with Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon was, you know, ha had his big years in Chicago, was also injury prone, bigger receiver, didn't have those staggering numbers in that offense with the Eagles this year that Frank Reich ran. However, was a big part of that Eagles offense on third down over the middle opening things up for a guy like Alshon Jeff or opening things up for a guy like Nelson Aguilar. You think about T.Y. Hilton possibly being that guy that Nelson Aguilar was in Philly. You give Andrew Luck a security blanket. Quentin Nelson, he had to be standing and cheering when Quentin Nelson got taken by the Colts with that sixth pick because now he's got an offensive line that might be able to show up. All of a sudden, you give a quarterback who maybe isn't feeling the most confident a piece that can just maybe help him go, and no on third down, okay, even if a blitz is coming and my offensive line isn't there, I'll take my shot with Des Bryant one-on-one -on, -one on the backside if somebody's going to try to take T.Y. Hilton over the top. So I think the Colts are kind of like a sneaky, sexy landing spot for a guy like Des because I think if you get Andrew Luck at any kind of quarterback, he might be able to show up. Avery, we think. I, I actually agree with that. The only reason I didn't pick the Colts, and they were actually the number two team that I, 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 I thought to myself that he would land. The only reason I didn't agree or, or, or pick them is because they're not prepped to win right now. And I think that's what his mindset is right now. I think he wants to win right now. I think he's tired of, for what, three years when he was in Dallas, they were eight and eight. Then they finally get into the playoffs and, you know, his catch is not ruled a catch. And then they get Dak and they go, you know, number one overall in the NFC and they don't make it. I think he's at the point where he just wants to win. Um, you know, obviously he wants to get paid as well, but I, I think he wants to win right now. And I think that, I think he wants to basically slap it in the face of Dallas. I think he wants to say, yeah, you guys let me go, but I can do this. And let me show you what I can do on a, a, a team that's ready and prepared and willing to win um, in an organization that is uh, ready, prepared, and willing to do so. So that's that's the reason. I, that's the only reason I didn't pick the Colts. Chris, what do you feel? Um, I agree with Avery. I think, and funny enough, the AFC South did plays the NFC East this year. So 
if he wants to kind of get his revenge this year, I think signing with the AFC South team is probably the most ideal. The reason why I also didn't really believe the Colts is because how much, if you're Des, how much do you believe will Andrew Luck be playing week one with his shoulder completely healed? And I said the Titans, but also another pick. If he wants to stay, if he wants to stay home because he played basically all, basically spent his entire life like down in like the Texas Oklahoma area. Why not Houston? Um, think about it. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Will Fuller. Deshaun Watson could be ready week one with, after that ACL tear because he toured earlier, so he could be back for week one. And they're getting J.J. I mean, most of Houston's problems was too many quarter guys got hurt. Watson got hurt. Whitley got hurt. J.J. Watt got hurt. So they're coming. And more importantly now, they picked a timer on Matthew, who's probably one of the better diverse, one of the better and diversified Secondary players also in football. So you put that and you put Dez probably like in the slot position. That's a team that could not only possibly win, in my opinion, probably the toughest division in the AFC in the AFC South, but also could be a Super Bowl contender. Avery, what do you feel? This will just be my last point on that. Uh, as far as Houston, I could agree, but I have to disagree only because I don't think Dez wants to be second fiddle to anybody other than Julio Jones or Odell Beckham Jr. And he's going to be second fiddle to to, to Newt. Because that guy is, he's honestly, to me, he's a top five receiver who doesn't get enough credit. I mean, Deshaun Watson has put, been putting up numbers year after year after year with quarterback after quarterback after, and, and, and offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator. The guy, he's, he's the truth. I don't think that Dez would be okay with going into the slot to play inside when there's a, a Will Fuller on the team. I, I believe he feels, one, he's better than Will Fuller. And then, two, I feel that he might think that he's better than DeAndre Hopkins. So I feel like he would want to be that guy. And that, that's the, that's another reason why I kind of went with the Patriots because even though Edelman seems to be that guy in New England, it's just he's more of the possession, you know, third down, I need this guy. Dez just wants to be the guy when it's like, all right, red zone, we're going to target him once or twice. You know, we're going to try to get him the ball. That's the guy he wants to be. And that guy on the Texans is DeAndre Hopkins, as it should be. You know, it's really interesting because all is quiet on this Dez Bryant front right now. But you know, if you are the fan of a team in the division that signs Dez Bryant, you're going to go... Because you know, there, there's, there, there's just as just as any general manager is out there, somebody's going to roll the dice on that guy. And as much as everybody doesn't want to throw those dice in the play, somebody's going to do it. And everybody in that division is going to kind of put their hand up to their mouth and think, did we screw up? Did, did we let a good guy go? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we talk about free agents that are still available. Dez, obviously the biggest name that's out there, but there's still moves happening. You see C.J. Anderson. Uh, go to the Panthers to replace Jonathan Stewart, who went to the Giants, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the Eagles just brought in Terrence West yesterday, a couple days uh, before uh, rookie camp starts, uh, to have a conversation with him. Are there any players out there right now, you look past Des Bryant, that are still available that you think can give a team an impact player immediately? Avery, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, there's actually two that are on my watch. Um, number one would be uh, Bashar Breeland, um, the the corner from the Redskins. Um, 
I really like this guy. He, I don't think he's in a lockdown corner. I don't think he's that, you know, number one or anything like that. But I think he's just a solid, solid, solid number two corner. I mean, the guy, he's he's physical. He gets up in your grill. He's 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 mouthy. He talks. He talks trash. He he's just somebody who just doesn't back down from anyone. And the guy, he really can ball. I just I believe that he is somebody that can for a team that might have a number one who's looking for like a solid number two, like when um, the Broncos had Aqib Talib and, and and Chris Harris. We kind of felt that Aqib was the number one, but he really wasn't. Chris Harris, the guy, was just a, a monster. I mean, for the first four years in the league, zero touchdowns caught on him. So, honestly, he was the number one. But because Aqib Tlaib had built up a name as being a good corner, he was a solid number two. I think the same thing for Rashad Breland. The second guy is Navarro Bowman. Now, I know he's been, I guess, a, a shell of himself um, since, since his San Francisco days. But I think the veteran presence and the Super Bowl experience that he can bring the playoff experience that he can bring to a team can help. Now, obviously it would have to be the right system. Um, I don't think that in my opinion, the Raiders used him um, correctly. And I think that's, that's, you know, a reason why he's not there anymore, but I just feel like in the right system, that's a guy who, like I said, he's a vet in the locker room and I, I can see him as a Thomas Davis to a Luke Keekley, not the guy, but such a good character guy a good player and a veteran that he can kind of, you know, bring maybe a young linebacking core along and mold and groom and still be effective, um, you know, on the field. So those those are two guys I I, I say to watch out for. I think that Thomas Davis comparison is a perfect comparison for somebody like Navarro Bowman. Chris, what about you? There's a free agent out there. You're a general manager. You think this guy can make a difference on my team right now and push us over the edge. Who is it? I think two, like Avery, two pop up also in my head. Um, they're both safeties. Katie Bacaro, former safety from the Saints, and also Eric Reed from the San Francisco 49ers. And for Eric Reed, I really don't understand how even the 49ers have assigned a back or how's he not gotten any interest. Maybe it's the fact that he's also the next domino to fall, also with like the Colin Kaepernick protest. Who knows? But it's not due to lack of talent. If anybody watches Eric Reed, you can really tell that the talent's there. He's a do-it-all safety. He's a thumper. He can hit. He he can hit. He can cover over the top. So I'm really shocked about the fact that in a, in a league where it's like it's very rare, it's very rare when you need to have premium safeties, especially considering what Seattle is able to do with Earl Thomas and with Cam Chancellor, what Minnesota did last year with Harrison Smith, or Philadelphia recently mm-hmm. with Malcolm Jenkins and Ronnie McLeod, having that premium safety really helps bring a secondary all together. So the fact that Eric Reed and also Kenny Vaccaro, Vaccaro's gotten some interest. I've heard that he's been talking to the Dolphins. The, the fact that neither one of them is still on a team in which, in a league where safety play matters more than anything in a secondary, it, the fact that neither one of them has really interest yet is shocking to me. I mean, think about if you got all four of those guys on your team. Now, granted, that's wishful thinking. It would cost a lot of money to bring those guys in, depending on whatever positions you already have filled. But those are four players right there that can immediately make an impact on any team. It's it's interesting to think of the landscape of the NFL as it is right now, because it seems like the big thing in every sport almost is either you're all the way in or you're all the way out. 
And I look at a team like the New York Jets mm. last year, who everybody threw out the word tanking, which I think is just like the popular word to use now, but made it pretty clear last offseason going into the regular season that, you know, they were pretty much on the Sam Darnold choo-choo train, trying to get there, trying to get that first pick. Uh, and then you look at a team like the New York Giants, who had high expectations, injury after injury, maybe a quarterback finally showing his age a little bit, but now all of a sudden goes out, gets a number two pick. Both teams get their guy, the Jets get Sam Darnold. The Giants maybe passed on the guy in Sam Darnold and decided to stick with Eli Manning as their quarterback and take Saquon Barkley at number two. So given the landscape of the NFL as you see it, my question to you guys is in the New York market where winning matters just as much, if not more, than in any other city, if you are a general manager and you look at these two teams, I'm curious to know which situation you would rather be in. The Giants with the new head coach, the new general manager, the pressure, the aging quarterback, but clearly, especially on offense, pieces that can tear defenses up in the NFL, or the Jets, who had their guy fall to them in their draft. You've possibly got your quarterback of the future. You've got cap space. You've got young players. I'm curious to know if you had to field one of these teams for one season today, which of those two situations you prefer? Chris, I'm going to start with you. I think the possibility of having an Odell Beckham and Shaquan Barkley duo and also Ingram and tight end is too good to pass up, but I'm surprisingly I'm going to go with the New York Jets here. I think Sam Donald, if he all pans out, I think free agents like wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, offensive linemen, they're going to be more inclined to come join and play with him. And also you have to consider the fact that the AFC, the thing about it, Tom Brady, he says he wants to play for another five, ten years. He's probably at this point he probably has like two years max. So we have to consider the fact that Belichick and Brady might be going at the same time. Then it's a power vacuum at that point. And you gotta have that quarterback that is gonna take you to that next level. I'm not that big of a fan of Sam Donald, but in this scenario with a young franchise quarterback and Sam Darnold, uh, young weapons, top bowls as head coach with that deep, with that defense, who for the most part plays sufficiently well, I'm only going to go with the New York Jets because of that division in the long term. Hey, Avery brings up some good points. What do you think? All right, so it's going to sound like I'm agreeing in the beginning, but I'm not. The smart choice, <laughs> the smart choice is the New York Jets for the reasons that he brought up. I mean, you've got a younger quarterback who seems to be like he can turn a franchise around, possibly. Um, you've got a great head coach, in my opinion, in Todd Bowles. He's actually one of my favorite in the NFL right now. Um, you've got an excellent defense, um, and 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 the Jets' uh, situation there, um, and I I really like that dude Robbie Anderson. I think he's going to be a great receiver in the NFL. That dude's got really good hands, very good uh, speed, uh, decent route running. So, and then like he said, the division that they play in, the division that they play in is not as strong as the NFC East. So, I think you kind of gotta 
go with the like like smart choice, but now I have to go with the the honest, the true choice. You gotta go with the Giants. I like that situation more for another, you know, a plethora of reasons. Number one is their number one pick, uh, Saquon Barkley. Now, I know, you know, you know, running backs have a short shelf life in the NFL and different things like that, but this guy is a he's an all-star already. Like the guy is just a game changer. I mean, he makes the entire offense's job that much easier. He makes offensive linemen's job easier. He makes the receiver's job easier. He makes the quarterback's job easier. I mean, he can run the ball. I think he's going to be, you know, a three-down back. I don't think that they have to have a, you know, dual-back system there. I think he can do it all. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can block. He can do it all. So I think that is was an excellent pickup. The second thing is you got a veteran Two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback already in Eli Manning. I don't think that he is the old Eli Manning, but we've seen that in the Manning family. Just because you get old and you're hurt doesn't mean you can't win a Super Bowl. So I think that you know, if the 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 cards fall the right way, they can get back. And when I say the cards fall the right way, I, it brings me to my next point. That defense, man. They really are really, really good. I mean, Landon Collins, it, I mean, when he came in, to come in and do what he did as a rookie, as a second-year player, this guy is just, uh, he's phenomenal. To me, he's just the 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 guy, in my opinion, in New York. Um, not afraid to even call out his own teammates. I think that, I, I agree, I think the weak link on that defense is Eli Apple. Um, but at the same time, you know, even with that, they were still playing some pretty good ball on defense. So I think I got to go with the Giants. Um, Odell's coming back. It's a possibility that they land Dez. Um, you know, the tight end, oh, my goodness. The, the 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 plays that he made last year, he looked like a receiver. He looked like a huge receiver. He's extremely athletic. So I, I the truthful, honest decision has got to be new, the, the, the Giants in New York. So, Chris, I'm going to circle back to you having said the Jets. And having had the conversation that we've already had about Des Bryant, if Des Bryant were to today sign with the New York Giants, would that change the opinion that you just gave us five minutes ago? It would really like consider my pick, but I was <laughs> out, I, look, look, a man is only as good as a conviction, so I would have to still say no. Because as a general manager, if unless you're the Cleveland Browns who changes general managers every two years, you you gotta have, in my opinion, a five year plan, especially you with a head coach. And Sam Darnold is a five year plan because four years and you have the quarterback option. Yeah, you know, think about it, like this is a year for him to learn. Then all of a sudden he learns the offense, he learns the systems, he builds continuity with those wide receivers. The thing is, Eli Manning, after next year, then you have to bring in a brand new quarterback into the play, and who knows. Maybe they might be good enough, so they're not going to be able to get one of those premier quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft because they're floating on that on that line of like mediocrity with like eight and eight, nine and seven, just on the outside looking in. So then you have to bring in a tailing quarterback from either from the late first round or something from the second round to learn how to like. And more importantly, you got to keep Odell Beckham happy because you got to think about this. Next year, he's due for a contract for twenty mil. You got then all of a sudden you got that rookie quarterback also has to keep Des Bryant happy. You get enough carries for Shaquan Barkley, and all of a sudden that's way too many egos and like too many mouths about not getting the ball enough in New York and on the Giants' field. 
And whereas on the Jets, you have a franchise quarterback. There's not a lot of like egomaniac issues over there, or ones that I don't know about. And yeah. You know, it's interesting. We're we're sitting here talking about the two quarterbacks on those teams that, that are the obvious stickout names in the Giants and the Jets. For some reason, and I know you can say this about a lot of later round quarterbacks because some of them have had a ton of success in the NFL. Kyle Lallett is a kid out of Richmond who played under four different offensive coordinators, had a lot of success. I'm not saying he's going to be Eli. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Sam Darnold, but I think he might be one of those diamonds in the rough that the Giants may have found in that fourth round that could maybe take them into the next decade of the NFL. And just think about it. We are just a little bit away from next season already. Rookie minicamp kicking off this weekend. I know we are excited about it. It is the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. Where can you find us? Get us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Inside the Hashes. Find us on our website. Just take a look for right now. It's still in the process of getting there, but it's getting there, kids. www.insidethehashes.com. For my man Avery Collins, for my man Christopher Thomas, smell it, fellas. It is in the air. Kickoff is just around the corner. It is the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes.